You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. Lord, speak to your people through me, I pray today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're talking about the keys to the kingdom in Matthew chapter 16. When Peter said, I know who you are, Jesus. You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Jesus said, on that revelation, I will build my church. This is Jesus' church, everybody. It's not my church. It's his church. I will build my church on that revelation, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Did you know that hell can't beat us? Hell can't beat us. And then he said, I'll give you, not just Peter, but all of them, us, the church, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever we bind in, on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose will be loosed. And uh, the Lord showed me that he's the king. We are his servants. But you know, when someone would go to the king's house and knock on the door, the king didn't go downstairs and let him in. One of his servants would have the keys. We have been given the key to life, the key to bring people into the kingdom of heaven. It's the gospel. It's the good news that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that we could be totally forgiven, start a new life with him in our heart, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we can live the life that Christine was talking about in that video. See, we have the keys. Say, we got the keys. <laughs> How many of you have a big set of keys? You don't only have one key. You got like 12 keys on your keychain. And you don't even know what half of them are for. Some of them are stuff that you don't even have anymore. But keys are so important because they unlock something. And the key we're going to talk about today is worship. And now when I talk about worship, I'm talking about praise and worship. I'm not going to go into the differences too much, but uh, we had a men's meeting here yesterday, and we were talking about worship. And I had all three pastors, uh, Pastor John. Pastor Kevin, Pastor Courtney, all talk about different aspects of worship. And by the time it was over, we worshiped like we never worshiped before. And I think Pastor Kevin was talking about praise. And, you know, praise is something that puts you in a position to worship. That's why praise is first. And uh, praise is something we could even do to each other about God. Some of the songs we sing aren't even right to God. They're about him. Oh, praise him. And uh, we were talking about, and he was talking about how, you know, when you praise God, sometimes you should actually be looking at each other, you know? And he, of course, knows that that's what I do every Sunday. When I'm praising God and I'm talking about him, I look at other people. I'm like, are you, do you feel, do you say, like, praise God? Like, I'm excited about it. Because I know there's power. There is power in praise and worship. There is power in praise and worship. Yes, it is so powerful that it affects everything that happens here on a Sunday, and it'll happen everything that happens to you on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Amen. Amen. You shouldn't just be worshiping here. You should be worshiping all week. What we do here on Sunday is we praise and we worship, and it's one of the keys to the kingdom. 
And here are just a few of the things that it unlocks. Because the key is to unlock something. And there's such power in praise and worship. And it unlocks so many things. And I would be here for hours preaching. And uh, if I was going to cover every area of praise and worship, but I just want to co- cover a few. Actually, three. And the first one is that praise and worship will chase away evil. Praise and worship will chase away evil. How many of you know that some music can bring evil? (laughs) How many of you know that there's music that you listen to that can bring evil upon you? Sometimes you don't even know the words, and actually everything I hear now, I don't know the words. Just to be honest with you. Anybody here? You know, this song, the music now, I don't, it's so fast. Whether it be mainstream pop music or rock or rap, whatever, forget about it. And every once in a while, they do say Jesus. I don't know if it's Jesus walks or Jesus talks or Jesus this or Jesus that. You know, and your kids can tell you, see, I'm listening to Jesus. Oh, no, you're not. Because I know all the other stuff going on there has nothing to do with Jesus. But it's like, it's tough these days trying to figure out what these kids are listening to because you can't understand it. Like, what did they just say? And Dad, it was all clean. It affects you. It does. Music can torment you. Look at, look at, look at Saul in 1 Samuel. It says that David would play a harp. Now, that doesn't mean he was like, you know, sitting down, going like this, with a little halo over his head, with a harp, okay? That was more of a guitar. How many of you here play guitar? How many of you here play the harp? <laughs> Praise God. Uh, <laughs> so he would take it and play it with his hand, and Saul would become refreshed because there was a distressing or tormenting spirit on him because God had removed his anointing from him. How many of you ever been to, you know, people kill people from something they heard on the radio. Music will affect you. I remember before Christ, I used to go to Black Sabbath concerts. Anybody else here? Crazy people. Guys swinging back and forth, biting the heads off of bats. Oh, yeah, I was there. Listening to this banging music. Crazy train? Who wants to get on a crazy train? Trying to get off, to get off the crazy train. <laughs> Spent half of my life looking for it to get off that stop. Amen? You know, all kinds of different music, you know? How many of you remember heavy metal? How many of you remember that? Bang your head. Bang your head. Dun, dun. Really? That's smart. Or disco, how about this one? And I was always, you know, I would be at Studio 54, this song would always come on, and now when I think back of it, it really was true. Burn, baby, burn. Disco Inferno. I was dancing with the devil. Burn, I was going to burn. How many of you just wanted to, when they killed disco, you were there stamping on the records, all right? Raise your hand, man. (laughs) Amen. How many of you like jazz? I don't understand it. I don't get it. I just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. What'd you say? They don't either? It's, I, how about the blues? 
Why? I got enough blues. I don't need more blues. But of course, my scripture police talk to me in between services, Pastor Kevin being one of them. There's scripture cops all over the place, and they'll pull you over. I'm just kidding. But he was like, you know, David sang the blues. Yeah, I mean, it's true. <laughs> Got to give you that. But how many of you know your music really affects you? It affects your spirit. Amen? Come on now. So you hear a certain song, doesn't it? It brings back memories to you. I was listening to songs recently. Now, I don't know. Don't get weird on me. It was a Motown song, okay, by the Cornelius Brothers. It's, it's too late to turn back now. I believe, I believe, I believe I'm falling in love. <laughs> now, it's too late. And every time I hear that song, I remember when I was first dating her. I had gone from everything's all right to it's too late <laughs> to turn back now. I believe, I believe. I find myself calling her at least 10 times a day. It's so unusual for me to carry on this way. It's too late. Now, now they would say, I texted her 10 times a day. I don't usually carry on this way. But songs, they bring back memories. You know, they even bring you joy or, or whatever it might be. But how I many of you know during the week when things are going bad, if you put on some worship, it'll chase some evil away. It'll chase some hell away. Amen? You know, when you're going to work, I'm blessed in the city. I used to say, I worked in the city, so I was like, I'm blessed in the city. I'm not going into the fields, but just to be blessed, 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 blessed. It brings something to you. Amen? Like, last night I was just, I was going through it, and it was about 6 o'clock, and I just put on the worship music, and I just, oh, I just basked in it. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. And the torment, the distress, the fear, the doubt left. It left. So number one, it will, it will chase evil away. Number two, and I'm talking about praise and worship music here, people. I'm talking about praise and worship music. You know, the uh, too late to turn back now, I, I can't sing it. I, I, it's too late. <laughs> it's happened. You know, but I could praise the Lord all week. Secondly, it confuses the enemy. Praise and worship confuses the enemy. How many of you know that there's some music that just confuses you? How many of you know that the enemy uses music to confuse people? Amen? You know, people are listening to music and doing things that they wouldn't normally do, but for the beat. And how do I know that? Because that was a good portion of my life, you know? going to clubs, doing all these different things, and the music would come on, and it would put you in a spirit. It would confuse you about things. Well, if the devil can use music to confuse us, I think God can use music to confuse him. Yeah. Second Chronicles chapter 20. 
one of my favorite passages of Scripture because everything is in here. And, and you know, you always find the gospel. You find spiritual warfare. You find prayer. You find fasting. You see all the keys of the kingdom in there. And then you see, and, and then, it, then God shocks you. He shocks you with praise and worship. He shocks you. There's these armies, overwhelming armies surrounding God's people. And Jehoshaphat called fasting in a time of prayer, and everybody bowed down before the Lord, and a word came forth that they would win. But here's how God sent out the army. It says that Jehoshaphat consulted with the people, and he appointed those who should sing and who should praise. For those of you who think that you could come to church for one week and join a worship team, here's a rebuke for you. Hey, Pastor Kev, I sing. Who are you? That's why there has to be a process to be up on this stage. I just had a meeting with our worship team. There's a reason that the anointing was so heavy on that worship today, because they've consecrated themselves. They've purposed to raise themselves to a higher level of worship. And uh, it was because of a meeting that we had, Pastor Kevin and I, with them. Because we have to lead, we have to appoint, we have to tell them how to do it. And so he said, we would appoint those who should sing and who should praise the beauty of his holiness. As they went out before the army, and they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing, when they began, when they began, I say it three times so you, you know what I'm saying, right? When they began to sing and to praise the Lord set ambushes. When they began, because it wasn't about how they sounded. It was about that they sounded. It wasn't about how and how great the the worship was, even though ours is great. (laughs) But when they began, the Lord, you put something into motion. When you begin to worship, you don't have to Get into worship and really get in there as soon as you start. That's it. That's why I'm here at 1025, because I don't want to miss the start. Because as soon as we begin, that's well, I'm here at 725. When they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people, the enemy. And in the end, it says they helped to destroy one another. They helped to destroy one another. How great is that? Once you begin to really praise and to really worship, you confuse the enemy. He hates it. Now, I can't give you the 100% that Satan was the worship leader in heaven. I can't give you the 100%. But I'll give you the 99% probability. In Ezekiel 28, it talks about Satan and says, The beautiful pipes and the beautiful stringed instruments and the tambourines were all built for you. Now, we know. What what do angels do? Do they worship and praise the Lord? Do they praise and worship? Well, when Satan left heaven, a third of the angels went with him. Good chance he was leading something. I believe he was leading the worship. And I believe that when he hears worship music, It's like you hearing the worst heavy metal that you don't like. It's like, oh, or it's like me hearing somebody scrape their nails on a chalkboard. I don't even like the chalk on the board. Anybody? Oh, my God. 
I don't even want to see a chalkboard. I don't even want an image of a chalkboard in my mind. As a matter of fact, maybe that's why I didn't go to school. I hate chalkboards. I don't like them. I like chalkboards. I like dry white eraser boards. Can't scrape on those. But that's what it's like to him. It's like a screeching, horrible sound. Oh, no wonder he leaves. Confuses him. Let's confuse him. Because guess what? He's got a plan to destroy you. He wakes up every day eating breakfast, watching videos of you trying to figure out how. How can I get it? How? How? How can me and the demons mess with this one? You remember the movie uh, Denzel Washington, the movie Fallen? Great movie. Really spiritual movie. Watch the TV version. There's no cursing. Okay? But it's about how spirits go from here to here to here to here to here. Let me tell you something. 15 years of pastoring, 15 years of founding this church, I've seen this one spirit come at me in every different way. And occasionally through people. Can you believe it? And if you ever have like a tormenting spirit, have a a demon coming after you, maybe in dreams, maybe in visions that you see in a person. Anybody? Or is it just me? Don't raise your hand. It's okay. It might be the person next to you. It's all right. They don't know. They don't know. They don't. Look at Peter. Jesus like, get behind me, Satan. I didn't know. He didn't know. But God, he'll come at you. He will. But you know what? When you praise, he's not coming near you. Because it bothers him. He leaves. You know why? Because he used to do it. And you're doing it better. You're doing it better. You took his place. He doesn't like you. Pastor Kev, he's not real fond of you. All you people on the worship team, you're not his favorites. But you're God's favorite, so you'll be fine. But you're not the only one praising and worshiping. But he really doesn't like it. Hey, listen, uh, let me just be honest. For the first nine years of this church that we started, I founded from nothing with God. It's his church, by the way. I mean, worship became an issue. (laughs) (laughs) because the enemy doesn't like worship, so he'll try to work in the worship team. Just listen. How many of you know artists and worship people and musicians? They look crazy anyway. Just raise your hand. There's something wrong with them already because they think stuff that you never think, right? They have a rhythm and a thing going in their mind that you have no clue what's going on. When When I have a meeting with the worship team, I feel very out of place. I'm like, these people are weird, but I love them. I don't know if they're really understanding what I'm saying, but that's fine. Um, Because they're different. How many of you know that? Come on, be honest. (laughs) Artists and people like that, a little different. If you can write a song, you're weird. But anyway, no offense. Uh, Love you. But they, you know, they got some. So the enemy, he works on that. He uses that to get in. And I have to say, over the last six years, Pastor Kevin, since you got here, Hasn't bothered me at all. Must be bothering you. Because it has to bother me. It's been very peaceful. It's been great. Because when you get the right people in the right place, and they are worshiping on their own, when they get here Sunday, can't come in. Doors closed. Sorry. You've been chased away all week. See, we think we're just going to chase them on Sunday morning. 
please don't let him in the door. Please worship all week. Please praise all week so he has no place here. Because you'll see in a moment that when we worship as one and we praise and worship with all our heart, it brings his presence in. That's the next thing. It brings his presence. We like to say it ushers in his presence. But I would like to say this. God is omnipresent. He's here all the time. He's here right now. There's two or three gathered. He's here. So it's not that we bring him here. It's that we become more aware of his presence. I love that song. Because you're singing, you're saying, let me become more aware of what really is going on. Because we worship him in spirit and truth. Truth being, he's here. But when we praise and worship, we presence. In First, Second Chronicles 5, we know that Solomon dedicated his church, his temple to the Lord. And of course, when they do that, they have worship because worship is first. Worship is first. Do you know that when we worship as one here like we did today, that by the time I get up here, whoever's talking here, it's easy. It's easy because everybody's free. Everybody's open. All of those that have worshiped, their heads are clearing up. They can hear the word of God, and I don't have to talk too much. And I like that because I like to get to be in church more than me to try to give church. But it says here that when they did that, the trumpeters and the singers were as one. They made one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted their voice with the trumpets and cymbals, okay, can I just cut out this movement of there's no instruments in church? Do you know that? We were in a church once. They don't believe in having instruments during worship. It's only a cappella. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, they must have forgot the Old Testament. They must have forgot. And in a moment, I'm going to show you something even more powerful about the real worship that's going on. So, to make one sound, praising, thanking the Lord, and when they lifted their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, He is good. His mercy endures forever. When you praise Him and talk about His goodness, His glory will show up because His glory is His goodness. Just like any word of God that you continue to speak, you will manifest that. So if we say... Praise the Lord, he is good, his mercy endures forever. The house, the house of the Lord will be filled with a cloud. And what's a cloud? That's the presence of the Lord. There was a cloud in the desert. There was a cloud over Jesus on the mountain. The cloud is the presence. There was a cloud that overshadowed Mary. If we want his glory in our presence, we need to praise him about his goodness. And we need to do it in spirit and truth. Hallelujah. If you want to alligate your alligator arm through this, or, you know, when they say lift your hands, you're lifting a weight. It's like, oh, is anybody looking? Or here's the baby praise. <laughs> Step it up. You heard what God said through that young man. Jesus' hands are open. Ours should be open. If we want his all, we give him our all. It says the glory or the goodness of God filled the place. At our first service today, we had an altar call. 
We praise and we worship and God's goodness came down because we have a lot of badness we need to leave here. We need his goodness to take its place. We exchange our evil, our bad for his good. How many of you'd rather have what God has? You You want to unlock heaven to earth? Then praise and worship. That's the key to open the door. Why do you think I'm so crazy? That's why I'm so crazy about praise and worship. Because the greatest breakthroughs I had in my life, I haven't always been a pastor, okay? For 10 years, I was struggling as a Christian. Struggling. But every Sunday, I said, I'm giving him my all today because I need everything he has. Please don't leave anything out, God. And I left it all on the floor. I left it all. If I can go to a Giants game and get excited, I can go to church and get excited. And dang it, you can't even get excited in a Giants game anymore. Just get a heart attack. Jeez. Anyway, it's the truth. Some Dallas Cowboy fan clapping. I happen to know we, you know, I pick on all these different fans. I happen to know we got a Redskin fan in the house today, too. He must repent at the altar right now. Because that is messed up. <laughs> Something's got to be wrong up there. <laughs> worship. Worship is a response to his worthship. What is he worth to you? Worship is a response to his worthship. Right now, I'm going to ask the Grace Church of North Brunswick worship team to please go to the stage right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, I present to you, I present to you the worship team of Grace Church of North Brunswick. Christina, come this way, Christina, come on. By the way, this is our first lady of worship. Her name is Christina Clements. I want you to know, at the meeting Wednesday, I said, you know what? It doesn't matter what instrument you got in your hand. It doesn't matter when you're in the front and the back. It matters what you come to worship with. And this young lady, whenever she's up there, I look at her. You know why? Because she's praising and worshiping. She's not worried about what's going on. And I'm not taking anything away from everybody else. But I love your attitude. <laughs> I do. And, and I love our whole worship team. I love our worship leader, Pastor Kevin. He is doing a phenomenal job with this group. I'm not going to introduce everybody. Their reputation precedes them. But I just wanted to acknowledge that. That whether you're a backup singer, whether you're a bass player, whether you're playing the drums, no matter what it is, and if you are a bass player, please get on the stage. Um, (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Because I need the whole worship team here right now. Um, Anyway, but um, it's about the worship. It's about the attitude. It's about... But I want you to understand something. There's something much more going on here today. See, everything about worship is in the unseen. God is spirit. 
and we worship him in spirit. When I speak, you don't see words coming out of my mouth. But I'll tell you, there's some words that have come out of my mouth that I would have loved to have taken back. Can anybody say amen to that? Every husband's like, oh God, I know what you're saying. You know, sometimes I'm in the living room, my wife's in the kitchen, and you know, I want something and I don't get it instantly, you know, just a little spoiled brat, you know. And I'm like, where's that sandwich or something? Like I say something like that, like, and I'm like, I can't believe I just said that. Because if she hears that, I'm not getting no sandwich. So she says, what did you say? And I'm like, do we have any manwich? I mean, I don't, you know, you come up with something, did you ever? Because your words are very powerful. I mean, it is by our words that we're saved. We can't do it right now, but if, if you hit a note, if you hit a key, say the C. You know, I used to preach this, and I used to say, if you hit the G string and forget it, it just, it didn't go over. So I always say the C now. So if you hit the C note, now I'm saying C note. All right, if you hit the E flat, it's just, I can't get away. If you hit the, is there any such thing as an E flat? Okay. So if you hit the E flat, I don't know. They know that stuff. It's weird. Anyway, if you hit the E flat over there, the note, and there's nothing else going on, it'll, it travels across, and the string on the guitar, whatever aligns it, will, will move. Because sound works in the unseen. And when you praise and worship, you're, you're going into God's frequency. You're in God's frequency. You're, you're in the spirits. And uh, I want to show you something here. Because in a moment, we are going to praise our worries away. We're going to praise our fears away. We're going to praise our hurt away. We're going to praise our sickness away. We're going to pray our de- praise our depression. We're going to worship and praise all these things away. We're going to give them to God. The law of first mention is something that scholars use to study the Bible. Anybody ever hear of that? It's the law of first use, the law of first mention. And the first time we hear about worshiping God is in the book of Genesis. It's in the word, the actual word worship is used in Genesis 18 a couple times, but it has nothing to do with God. The first time it actually talks about worshiping God is in Genesis 22. When God tells Abraham to go, to get on his donkey, or in the King James, his ass, okay? I don't want to hear any laughing, all right? But what is a donkey? What is a donkey? It's a dumb animal. So some people are just dumb animals. They're dumb donkeys. Anyway, I didn't make this word up. It's what it is. It's where the, 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 the bad slang of it came from. Because some people are just stupid donkeys. Now, he saddled his donkey to go to the place where God told him to go to sacrifice his only son, whom he loved. How many of you have just one child? God bless you. (laughs) I got six. So if I had to give one up, I got five left. But anyway... Hey, just kidding, but 
I mean, when you have one kid, you know, because that kid's always, he gets, you know, or she, you know, they get a little extra attention, don't they? How many of you, you know, think of Abraham waited 100 years for this child, and now God wants it? Wants him to sacrifice his only son. Wants him to give all he is, his future, his hope, what he loves, what he thinks is the most important thing in his life. God's about to show him that's not the most important thing in your life. And so he gets ready. He takes some of his servants with him. He goes to the place. And on the third day of traveling, Abraham lifts his eyes and he sees the place where God tells him to do this sacrifice of his son. And Abraham says to the servants, stay here with the donkeys. The lad and I, my son and I, we're going to worship. We're going to worship. Really? You're going to worship? Do you have a guitar with you? Who's playing keys up on the mountain? No, the worship was him giving his only son. And dare I say, God's worship was him giving his only son. Because worship is a sacrifice. And he said, stay here to them. Because you know what? If he brought them up the mountain and they saw what he was about to do, they would have tried to stop him. And there are people in your life that are just donkeys that will try to keep you from praising God. There are people in the church because there's some of you, some of you, you don't praise and worship because of the people around you. Well, then you might as well stay with them because there comes a point where you say, I'm stepping out a little further. I'm going up a little higher. I'm going to worship and praise my God. He has told me something and I believe it. He told Abraham something, and Abraham believed it, and he said, anybody else that doesn't come is a donkey. I'm going higher. I'm going up to worship. Some of you have never really praised and worshiped God. Some of you have never really done it. Because it's an actual everything that you are. But here's what before the old school right now here I'm going to tell you something right now you're not alone in your worship you're not alone in your worship Hebrews 2.11 I just love this for both he who sanctifies making men all holy that's Jesus of course and those who are sanctified all have one father for this reason he is not ashamed to call them brothers you know what Jesus calls you his brother who's your brother Jesus He's your brother from another mother, but the same father. <laughs> for this reason, he's not ashamed. For he says, I, Jesus, will declare the father's name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. Most translations, in the midst of the worshiping church, I will sing hymns of praise. Who? Jesus. That's why when we have communion, I always have a song after communion. Why? Because when Jesus took communion with his disciples, it says they sang a song together. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure Jesus was leading that song. Did you see after the communion? All right, we're going to sing now. Who's leading the music? Okay, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, whatever you say. What do you want to sing, Jesus? You want to sing fast? You want to sing slow? What do you want to sing? 
Want to do some Hillsong? Well, they didn't have it then. Want to do some gospel? What do you want to do, Jesus? Jesus was the one who led that song. He sang with his brothers. He sang and he sings in the midst of the congregation. Romans 15, verse 9. In order that the Gentiles, the nations, might glorify God for his mercy to them, as it is written, therefore I, Jesus, will praise you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. I, Jesus, I praise, I sing. But here's what I love if you go a little deeper. Because here, this prophecy is from Psalm verse, Psalm chapter 18, verse 49. Where it says, I will praise you among the nations and I will sing praises to your name. Now, if you go back to the Hebrew in Psalms and you look at that word praises, it's not just about singing. It's the Hebrew word zamar. And it comes from a word that talks about taking your fingers and going like this. Jesus can play the keys really good. But for now, we got Robert. Jesus can play the guitar really well. For now, we got Pastor Kev. We got Todd. We got Caitlin. He says, I lead the worship in the midst of the congregation. Whoever two or more are gathered together in his name, where is he? In the midst. You're not worshiping alone. Jesus is leading the worship today. Jesus is in the midst of his church leading the congregation. I can't wait one day to see Jesus playing an instrument. As a matter of fact, I might want some lessons. Because I'll tell you, nobody plays it as good as he does. He is the worshiper. church, leading us through our hearts, through our spirits, to worship God. And as we do it, we become more aware of His presence. And finally, understand this. When you really worship, when you really give God everything, you never lose anything. Look at the end of Genesis 22. He went up to the mountain to give up his son. That was his everything. But he said this by faith. He said, we're coming back. Whatever you give up for God, you won't lose anything. As a matter of fact, you'll gain. There's nothing you can give up. Nothing. Even your own son. But you can give up your fear, you can give up your doubt, you can give up your unbelief, you can give up your insecurity, you can give up your coulda, shoulda, woulda, you can give up your regret, you could have given up, everything could have been different. You can give it up right now and come back with everything you ever dreamed of. He thought he was going to lose it all, instead he gained it all.
I met Jesus, I had nothing. And years into knowing Jesus, I had less than that nothing. But every time I gave him the fear, the feelings that I was never going to make it, the hurt that I'd never gotten over, the shame that I felt for all the things that I did wrong, the more I gave him, the more he gave me. And in the end, guess what? I had my dream and then some. Because you know what? You won't lose it. You'll only gain. I want everybody to bow their heads with me right now. I see it in your eyes that some of you are like, that's where I am right now. I tell you this, you can gain heaven right now. You can gain eternal life. If you died tonight, are you 100% sure you'd spend eternity in heaven? Because if you're not, say this prayer with me and believe it. Because Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but by me. And God sent his son into the world that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life for those that put their faith in the Son of God. So if you would bow your heads, close your eyes with me. When Abraham went up onto that hill to give his son, it's a picture of the hill that God laid his son on the cross of Calvary. Some people believe it's the same spot. See, but when Abraham went up, God took an animal and put it in the place of his son. In the same way, God has put Jesus in our place. But he did die. But the good news is he rose again so we could have a new life. So say this prayer. Remember, words have power. Remember that. They operate in the spirit. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. You can get a new life today by saying this prayer with me. Say, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sins. Three days later, you raised him from the dead that I might have a new life. Jesus, come into my heart. Make me brand new. I receive you now. Amen. Every eye is closed, head bowed. You said that prayer for the first time. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. No one's looking right now. I want you to raise your hand. Right now, raise your hand. You receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Okay. Every one of you, raise your hand. Stand to your feet right now. Stand up. Come on. All over here. Stand up. Stand up. Come on. Come on. Stand up. 